Thank you so much for staying with us. Um, we continue our series. We've been talking about stunting for a couple of weeks now. And uh, our partners, Grow Great, are back with us again this week. Dr. Kopano Matwa is uh, in conversation with me this afternoon. And we're discussing, Dr. Kopano Matwa, uh, today, developing human capital. So connecting the dots between if we're not looking out for these children who are not nutritionally okay, what does that mean for the for the economy of this country? What does it mean for all the big ideas and plans that we have for this country if the children that we are bringing up may be stunted? Well, it's great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Stunting um, undermines the child's brain development in a very unjust way because even before they've had a chance to participate in this exciting thing we call life, they start their life off on a back foot. Their brain doesn't quite develop as it should and as a result, they're always playing catch-up in terms of learning to read, language development, you know, the, all the things that you need to have in place um, to excel in life. They, they start off with that and being slightly undermined. And, you know, that's a loss not just at a human level but also at a, a national and economic level because we have young people who will not be as productive as, you know, they could be if they started life in full health. I suppose for me the big shock is is the fact that we have, I mean, your stats are saying 27% of, of the population of, of children are stunted. Mm. It's scary. And I mean, even more so, I mean, I think the 2016 South African Demographic Health Survey estimates upwards of 30% in the most vulnerable communities, mm. where actually you you are already grappling with a lot of things that are, you know, not in your favor, lack of electricity, lack of water and sanitation. And then on top of that, to add insult to injury, you're starting your life off you know, with a condition that's completely preventable, right? I mean, I think that's the thing to emphasize, that, you know, in life there's all sorts of odds and things that, you know, we all carry with us that are not our fault but are just kind of the lottery of life. But this is something that we can change. This is something that's completely preventable that other countries with similar resource constraints to ours, like Chile, Brazil, Mexico, Ghana, and Senegal, have shown can be beaten. So we really don't have an excuse for allowing at least a quarter of our children start their lives so disadvantaged. I mean, they are disadvantaged, but it's also an added burden to the state. So if we have a population of, of the economy of this country that needs us to to worry about whether they, they are going to ever get jobs, whether they'll ever move out of those circumstances, it's, it's, a, it's a big, big problem. I don't even know if we're budgeting for that. No, absolutely. And I mean, you, you know, you speak about the economic costs in terms of the lost productivity, which is huge. And as the World Bank estimated at about 41%, that our children are only, because of the high levels of stunting, amongst other things, they're only reaching 41% of their potential. But even that aside, stunting also compromises not just the brain development, but the general physical development of the child. So their immune system is not fully developed. And as a result, they're more likely to get um, infectious diseases as children, which means that as a parent, you know, you are taking off a lot more time off work. It's expensive for the health system, but they also at greater risk of chronic diseases in adulthood like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. So these, this is another bill that awaits the health system as these children grow older. And as I keep stressing that this is, of course, at no fault of the child and actually at no fault of the parent, really. As society, we need to be protecting 
families. We need to be supporting families. We need to create an enabling environments for all children in South Africa to thrive, regardless of the economic status of their parents. What I think is, has helped with this euphoria, the World Cup with Foria, is that we are hearing a lot more discussions around nutrition when it comes, when it comes to being winners. So we are now hearing uh, talks about how nutrition has, has been a vital part of how these teams have become what they are. And, and in, in cases where this was not the case, you know, you know, really great sportsmen just fell off. And so mm. I'm starting to hear a lot more acknowledgement of the role nutrition plays in our, in, our, in our lives. Yeah, and I mean, it can be completely undermined. It's such a basic thing. I think as South Africa, we think of ourselves as quite like a savvy, you know, upper middle income country kind of, you know, on there with the, the big developments in the world. But, you know, you can't leverage all of those gains if you don't get the building blocks right. And we are both what we eat and what we don't eat. You know, our children are, are not dying of hunger. We're eating, but we're eating really carbohydrate-rich food that's poor in micronutrients, that's poor in proteins that are important for development. And that's something that we need to to address. We need to address it in a, at a community level, but at, a, at an, you know, we've spoken previously about workplaces, mm-hmm. if you're an employer, um, but even as our state, you know, there's lots of policies that we can put in place, like the pregnancy support grant, that can enable women and mothers and fathers to be able to, to give their children the best start in life, which is what we all want for our children. There's no parent out there. There's, I mean, you know, except for the, the very, very few who don't want the best for their children. To, to what extent are we having a conversation at a policy level, at a stakeholder level, that perhaps there are foods that could be injected with more nutrition? So, for instance, minimum uh, uh, nutrition. So, if we are now we are aware of the fact that, for instance, milli meal and and bread are the staple. We we can talk all day long about how that is not the best nutrition that you can give to a person, but it it has become part of how people um, are are consuming food. Isn't yeah. there a way in which we can engage with these uh, pr- pr- produce uh, producers of 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 these products, especially commercial producers, that maybe we can ingest? Um, some more in nutrition and bread, for instance, and standardize that as, as part of how we're going to deal with the stunting issue. No, absolutely. And I mean, we must give credit where credit is due that our government has been really good at um, micronutrient fortification, um, which is what you're referring to, of mm. maize, of salt, of bread and other things. But I think what's, what the literature is showing us um, in terms of stunting is that it's animal-based proteins that you know are essential. So yes, you can give a child um, porridge, you can add a little bit of butter, but you do need protein because the complexity of the brain being developed and the complexity of height and the complexity of good organ development re- requires a balanced diet. And so there is a, a study that um, was done in another developing country similar to ours, Ecuador, that found that giving children eggs in the early years of life contributes to reducing stunting. And what's great about eggs is they're not a charity food. You know, often sometimes when we come at these kind of issues, we come at it in a way that's undignifying. You know, biscuits and bars and sprinkles that are given to particular families that can be incredibly stigmatizing. Mm. But eggs are eaten by everybody, by people in Silicon Valley, by people middle class, you know, you know, working, unemployed. That eggs are a great food, but unfortunately many of our um, communities Children are told not to eat eggs. You know, there's mm. a belief that your period is going to come on early. You're mm. going to develop breasts. Mm. You're going to become promiscuous. As mm. a pregnant woman, the egg might block the passage of the baby. Mm. And so these are all these myths that are missed opportunity because eggs are actually relatively quite cheap 
on a child support grant of which 60% of families survive on. And so, you know, we are encouraging. And you can add them to your diet. So we had um, a celebrity chef recently, Zola Nena, you know, have an activation where she was our normal foods, you know, porridge, adding eggs to that. You know, I mean, so many parents have, have grown up kind of adding eggs to a, a hot meal of porridge. And so it's just about saying, what do we, you know, more bunny worms. Some mm-hmm. of these things are there, you know, um, you know, avocados that are widely available in some communities. There are foods that we can take and add to our children's diets that don't have to cost them a leg. Really, thank you so much. It's really been an insightful uh, series that we've had, Dr. Kopano Matla, who is from Grow Great, and really trying to educate ourselves around stunting. And it's one of those, it's not obvious to the naked eye. But if you look very closely at what people are eating, it's a concern for everybody. And when you listen to the stats, if almost 30% of children in this country are stunted, that should be everybody's problem.